Hello, and welcome to another episode of A German and a Catholic Go to a Movie. Well, first up, we're going to start with a little bit of Australian movie news. And it's a little bit sad because singer and actress, not much of an actress, but probably a good singer, Olivia Newton-John died this week. And that's been a big thing here in Australia. There's been a lot of news coverage, a lot of replaying of Greece and Xanadu, and also just a real outpouring of emotion. I haven't seen anything quite like it since Princess Diana died. It sort of took me by surprise. Wow. Are they going crazy with it in Germany? Uh, sorry, not Germany, in Copenhagen? <laughs> yeah, I know for you it's all the same, but it is a, a small <laughs> country on the on the top of Germany with a weird kind of similar language and weird kind of similar people. It's not such a big of a topic, uh, I have to say. I know uh, is quite struck by it. Because Just for those who are li listening for the first time, I know is Gregor's squeeze. <laughs> exactly, to use an yeah. old Australian term. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but I'll just go with it. My, How do you say wheeze? Squeeze, as in wheeze. squeeze a toothpaste tube. Okay, she's my squeeze, and um, <laughs> she was a huge Grease fan, so she was quite struck by it. I, I don't know, it's more like when some uh, obscure Danish uh, folk musician, like I think his name was like Kim Larsen, uh, died. He's like the Danish Bruce Springsteen. I'm sure you've never heard of him. <laughs> But I kid you not, there were like years ago, there were like thousands and thousands of people on the street. It's really like their uh, Olivia Newton-John, I guess. I have to just tell you my little Olivia story that I worked for a design company and we did a logo for her and I spoke to her on the phone. <laughs> so that's my wow. brush for fame there. Sorry, Jared, but were you at the funeral then as such a close friend of hers? No, no, no. I'm afraid it was in the USA. I didn't get an invite to that. Shame. So we've been watching horror movies this week, and it's one that's in the theatre, so I had to go back to the theatre, which was in itself was a bit exciting because I haven't been to one for quite some time. And I went and saw Black Phone, which is a, the latest Blumhouse horror starring Ethan Hawke. He's probably about the only person you would know in it. Did you actually see it in the cinema or is it on, is it streaming? Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, we finally managed to pick a movie that is uh, running in the cinema and not some bit obscure Netflix uh, production that is probably gonna suck. On that regard, <laughs> ha have you have you watched The Cray Man uh, by any chance, Jared? No, I haven't. Is it any good? It's been smashed a bit. Yeah, it's one of, again, these Netflix movies. I don't know how they do it. They put like 200 million in it. It manages to be such a movie you watch basically while you are folding laundry and you're not missing anything. The trailer looked amazing, yeah. I have to say. The production value is really high and it's Ryan Gosling, Ethan Hawke, Anna, uh, not Ethan Hawke, that's the other movie, Chris Evans, but uh, it's such a track. But the sad thing is people like it, the average uh, Netflix viewer. Like well, one of my friends... Do. Shout out here. He really recommended me that movie and uh, disappointment. Yes, I haven't seen it yet, but I'll probably get around to watching it when I sort of renew my Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you need to get your own Netflix now, Geraldo. Otherwise, it's... Uh... We've never shared. I just want to say that now. I'll never do that sort of thing. <laughs> if any Netflix executives are listening. <laughs> what if the new Rebel Wilson movie is a Netflix exclusive again? Imagine that and you can't watch it. That's worth signing up for a loan, even if I just paid for a year just to see that movie. <laughs> I was reading the Daily Mail today and Rebel attended Melanie Griffith's birthday party in the USA. So she's hobnobbing. She's hobnobbing our Rebel. But I did think about what you said, that she literally is a true Australian underdog and came from nowhere. And no one 
would have had any idea that she would have done what she's done. And yeah. she really is quite an amazing story. It yeah. Really is a, not a rags to riches, but she's had a lot more longevity than a lot of Australians that have gone over there. Totally agree. She doesn't come from any artist background or any famous parents. She certainly doesn't have the looks of the Hemsworths. So it's, it's quite an uh, amazing achievement. I don't know many outside of, let's say, US comedians who are comparable with that kind of uh, career. Well, it's very impressive. But we should get back on topic here. We should, <laughs> although we, maybe we should have like a chatty podcast one day. We'll do that. It's just a general entertainment chit chat one. Would any of our yeah. fans out there like to hear that? Ghost news from uh, <laughs> Daily Mail presented by Jared. <laughs> That's a horror film. I really enjoyed this. I thought it's actually not that frightening, but it is really good to watch. The set design's great. I thought the child actors worked really well together. I thought there were a few too many references to it and Stranger Things. I felt a shadow of those two things was definitely visible throughout the film yeah. of it and the production design, which I thought was a little bit of a shame because it took you away from it for a bit because there's, say, one scene where someone's walking or riding in the rain in a raincoat and you think, oh, you know, that's a bit it. Well, Gregor will give you a basic synopsis, then we'll talk about it. It's going to be a spoiler section probably coming up later. But Gregor will just give us a quick synopsis. Yeah, because guys, after a bit of rag of movies we've talked about recently, this is actually, I think we both can agree, a really good movie. And it is in uh, theaters right now, whether you're living in uh, still sunny Australia or whether you're living in sunny Europe, uh, go uh, see and watch it if you like horror movies. So the basic premise of the movie, The Black Phone, is that it takes place in the 80s in a yeah, typical American small town in Colorado. And there's a child abductor called the Crabber running around and crabbing little children. Very stranger danger. I think we can talk about that in a minute. That was uh, the time when Geraldo maybe was more growing up than me. And uh, he, he grabs uh, pretty soon into the movie, I guess. It's not a spoiler. He... Um, then kidnaps uh, this boy called Finney and trap him in his basement. And then it's uh, around, can uh, Finney escape? Uh, can they find him in time? Yeah, that's the basic premise, I would say. I've got to ask a personal question here. As a child, did anyone ever try to lure you into a car? Like, seriously, did a stranger ever try and lure you away? Like, it didn't happen to me. But I'm just I'm, wondering, did it happen to you? Like, I'm almost disappointed. I was sure there's, like, some stranger danger story uh, you haven't told me yet. Honestly, uh, no. But I remember um, when I was, I guess, around, like, eight, uh, there was a girl being um, uh, kidnapped, I think, yeah. Um, abused she um, was let go but it was uh, close to my town and there was a policeman coming to my school and um, giving like a bit of a warning speech and I don't know I think he didn't do it in a very subtle way but I just remember I was so scared afterwards and as soon as like on my way home from school an adult person just would even look at me I would basically start running I was such a scary little uh, boy like <laughs> not only in that regard <laughs> but then especially in that regard so someone would have really tried to crap me. I just feel that I didn't have the credentials to be kidnapped because whenever you any beautiful kid enough, Jared. <laughs> no, because whenever they're kidnapped, it's like they were from a fantastic wealthy family. They were popular. They had the whole life ahead of them. Everybody loved them. They were beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't have any of those things. The kidnapper knew immediately you wouldn't get anything f uh, for you, so uh, that's not worth the trouble. <laughs> 
not the most attractive child. Not the most attractive child. <laughs> oh man! Um, but yeah, I do remember but when I was it, in my it, first year of university, though, my friend and I decided to go hitchhiking. So we we took good photos of each other, so that wow. if we if we went missing, the newspaper wouldn't use a school photo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, um, I think that's a very American thing, but did you have these uh, photos on the milk uh, cartons no, as well? That, that's, we used to get milk bottles. Yeah. I still remember getting milk bottles. We too. So, and the carton thing, we don't, I think we have Amber Alerts and all that stuff now, but. So, yeah, we would. In Australia, I guess the danger was bigger uh, that you would be grabbed by, by a, a kangaroo. Or a kangaroo, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of uh, stranger danger going on well, in your childhood? Not a lot of there was a real thing about strangers, and you wouldn't get you know. I remember we had to watch videos at school, and they would say, you know, don't accept anything from anyone you don't know. And there was that, it was around definitely, but yeah, I didn't really know anyone who was kidnapped or you know, grabbed or anything. And the grabber in this particular movie drives around in a black van, yeah, with it's... black balloons in a small country town. I mean, they may as well just write pedophile on the side of it and drive it around. <laughs> it's like the... it was just like he didn't have like a normal, slightly beat up car, it was this huge black van. Did you think it was weird? And he wore a black hat and a It's like the it, it's like the child grabber version of the bang bus. Allegedly, I've never seen the bang bus from what, but from what I heard, I don't yeah, know what it's the bang so bus obvious. <laughs> it's really strange. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe to give a bit of my opinion, I, um, I can only agree with Jared. I did really um, enjoy the movie. It's a fast-paced uh, thrill ride. It really has like n there's no fat on it. I felt like it was a super short movie but not in a negative way like it cuts right to the chase basically first thing scene i think is like a kid being uh, uh, kidnapped um yeah there's uh, in times of all these netflix and other streaming uh, movies where you can feel the director has no one telling him look maybe this scene is not necessary maybe we don't need to make a two and a half hour teenage college comedy It's so refreshing to see a movie that just lean, I guess, like around 90 minutes. Good story, adds all up, has a clean ending. So just a great thrill ride. Keeps you in the seat, all the movie I found. And the, the production value I thought was good. But like I said, it has that Stranger Things and It thing going on where nobody has any lights in the houses. Everything's in the dark. <laughs> like, do people not turn lights on in these shows? Like, I think it's a real thing in these American thrillers to be really underlit. <laughs> Like, you just think, I mean, how many times do you walk into a house and there's like a lamp on the other side of the room on? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people put the lights on. That's what they yeah. do. It's so dark outside as well. You think like you're there living in Denmark in the winter because it really is that dark here. But I doubt it's that way in the US, especially in the 80s. Wasn't everything lit by a neon light? Well, you had single <laughs> light bulbs. We did in Australia in the 80s. But um, I was in the US for a while in the 80s too. And it seemed pretty much the same there as well. Were you uh, abducting think... children there or what was the purpose? <laughs> I was the child. I was the child. <laughs> I was, no, I was in LA after I did a bit of hitchhiking. But that's another story for another podcast. Um, <laughs> it's true. It really is. I thought Ethan Hawke, who plays the grabber, did a pretty good job in this. And they kind of obscure his face a lot. And I think because he's yeah. naturally quite a good-looking guy. And it's hard to make someone who's classically good-looking. He's very buff, too, which I thought. Quite a good-looking person. It was, I, I think they had to tone it down and make it creepy by putting masks on him. 
One of the interesting things about this film and the production of it is that the masks themselves that the grabber wears were designed by Tom Savini, who's done so many props for horror films and sort of did a lot of the things well before CGI could create monsters and, you know, horrific sights. And it was really interesting that he's still out there doing it and they actually employed him. So I was pretty impressed by that. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a classic. He's He's a classic horror special effects person. And the, the mask is good, but once again, it, you've sort of seen this, you know, rictus, whiplash, grin face quite a lot. Like it was really big in American Horror Story for a couple of seasons. They had a, a circus clown thing. There's a lot of derivative elements in this film. It's still really good. It's still really good, and it's a good watch. But if you break it down too much, the more you think about it, you can see the holes in it. But that's any film, really. So first of all, I really like the masks as well. I think it's hard nowadays to to do something in a horror movie that hasn't been done already in in one way or another and i also agree that the slickness of the movie the the fast pace that there's not like a lot of backstory on uh, on most of the characters also oh, there's none there's none at all but yeah, i kind of yeah. like that yeah of course but it makes it a bit vulnerable if you think too much about it but I didn't mind. I didn't really go back and, and think too much about some some logic flaws. And, and horror movies are notorious for logic-defying yeah, Of course, of course. Did you know that uh, I really liked Ethan Hawke's performance? He's, like, very versatile and, like, he, he uses different ways of how he behaves. It's almost like he has multiple personas. And uh, apparently at first he didn't want to play the bad guy because he doesn't want to be now the the creepy bad guy. Uh, He said at least in an interview and then he said he realized he's in his 50s. So maybe that's going to be his future anyway. So maybe (laughs) time to shift your persona, Geraldo. (laughs) You reckon I could become the creepy guy that goes to Comic-Con and gets people to say, I always think of that guy that played Freddy Krueger and stuff that just lives on the Comic-Con circuit. (laughs) Like he just... (laughs) has to, you know, take photos of him, you know, like, you know, they just have to go and get photos taken yeah. wearing, you know, like gloves with blades oh, on them. God. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how they make a living. Well, look good yeah. on them. Like to be an actor to have a defining role is a big thing because you're going to be remembered for that. A lot of actors aren't really remembered for anything, but you're going to be remembered yeah. as like a famous horror person. I think that's pretty impressive. And there is a bit of a trend to uh, even sometimes to bring these characters back. I think, isn't uh, Michael Myers in the new Halloween movies? I think it, it's, it's Halloween end. I've seen the promos for it. Yeah, and I think that Michael Myers is played by the same guy, if I'm not it mistaken. Must be like 110 by now. Like... Yeah, I mean, he is pretty hard in the movie, to be fair. Let us maybe fact check on that and come back the next time. But I'm pretty sure it's the, it's the same guy. And then it might give you a chop in... Uh, 40 years time if you play a cult uh, horror <laughs> person now maybe Ethan Hawke is the, is the crapper with uh, in his 90s I'm um, too I'm too innocent looking I'm too innocent looking to play a crazy <laughs> old man I will well in the morning I could probably grow up play one but by the way since you were mentioning all the um, Stephen King references that the movie is based on a short story by the son of Stephen King his name is Joe Hill is his son pumping yes. out horror books too Gee, and it's so funny. You're just going to be compared to your father or the rest of your life. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not in that <laughs> position. But I also think, yeah, why not? Because um, if you like it and you have, the, I best guess, the best influence at home growing up, why not go with it? And if you look at him, it's not deniable. He looks like a, he looks almost a bit like a Hispanic version of Stephen King. It's really Stephen funny. King. You should you should Google him. Okay, I'll have a look. So um, for me, that was a bit um, 
yeah explainable through that the the all the reference i i do feel though a little bit that especially the whole stranger things hype has maybe i don't know it's a bit annoying a little bit with this 80s suburban um kids on bicycles theme now and it's not this movie's fault at all as we said this movie is really good but it's just like as soon as i see that i can't help now but think a little bit was that all people did in the 80s was uh, driving the bicycle in a suburban uh, town and getting uh, abducted or killed by aliens or abducted by tremors. It certainly didn't happen in my town, I can tell you that. You just get chased by some local hoodlums down at the shop and want to beat you up at the riverbank or something like that. But <laughs> certainly, well, close, I guess. I think they almost have to set a lot of horror movies in the 80s and 90s now because there were no mobile phones. And a lot of yeah. these horror movies, if you put in a mobile phone into it, it takes away everything. Because, you know, they can be traced, they can be tracked, they can call someone if they're in the middle of nowhere, they they can just do anything. Having a line of communication with you constantly basically negates a lot of the things in horror films, especially involving kids or young people, because young people don't go anywhere without their phone now. But in the 80s and 90s, you know, we certainly did. They just have to take that technology out of it so they can actually have a horror That's a really good point. Remember when we watched one episode of the Netflix show Dark, the German Netflix uh, show, was like first COVID lockdown, I think uh, a long time ago now. And um, I remember the show lost me already at that point where the kids are going into the forest and the show is supposed to take time in in, in modern uh, oh, I remember support. this and they had torches <laughs> exactly they used like light torches and, was, and, the, and the kid was one kid was even waiting in the forest for the others and he was not pu- uh, pulling out his phone and looking on his phone oh, uh, that's where the show lost me that's come on that's ridiculous if you want to do something 80s style then you have to do it in the 80s yeah not you tell us that, I know kids wouldn't do that today that kids true. wouldn't use, the, use their smartphone flashlights if they wouldn't need a flashlight that's uh, that's ridiculous. So for me, after a long time, it's a highly rated movie. I would give it four out of five Sterne. Really good genre movie. It's not groundbreaking. Um, like, for example, Malignant we saw uh, last mm. year, which I thought has some one or two more twists, which gave it a bit of a high rating in my eyes. But really, definitely watch it if you like those kind of movies. I'd give it a four Stenen as well, because I thought it was just a, a really good cinema watch. Not absolutely horrifying and not absolutely mysterious, but just really enjoyable. Nice, tight, little film. One of the good things that had a definite ending, because, you know, you're so used to, you know, someone blinking or a light shining out of a window at the end, and you think, oh, here we go for the series. But it doesn't. It just finishes it off. Before we go, I would ask Gregor what his favorite horror movie is. What's your favorite horror movie, Gregor? Oh, that's quite on the spot. Depends a bit on the time. I really like Rosemary's Baby, the original Halloween, modern ones. It's a bit of a cliche. It's even uh, referenced in the new Scream movie. But I do like It Follows and I do like The Witch. What about you, Geraldo? I have to say, one of my earliest horror films that I ever saw, and it has stayed with me for years, is Vincent Price in The House of Wax. Not the Paris Hilton one. There was one before that. (laughs) We saw that. You know, it was an old movie at the time, I just want to say. I can remember there's a scene where, you know, the young girl is kidnapped by the guy who's wearing a a wax mask because he's hideously deformed, and he's going to dip her in wax. He grabs her and she starts hitting him. And all the wax breaks away and he's hideously deformed underneath. 
And I was, as a child, was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and it's really stayed with me. So I would have to say House of Wax. It always changes Welcome. with you. Always a surprise. I like it. Well, thank you for tuning in. And we'll look forward to our next movie. We'll try and do something a bit more current as well. I hope you're enjoying your Netflix and maintaining a relatively COVID-free lifestyle. So take care. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Ha, 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 ha.